Jim Harbaugh was the quarterback, and Pro Football Reference uh, lists his nicknames as Captain Comeback or Dog. Dog? <laughs> dog. <laughs> it's a sick nickname. I like it. Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. This is Bentley Brown. Joining me via call is Asad Asan. Asad, uh, are we going to win this week? I don't care, bro. I honestly don't care. We're going to win this week. We already won. We already won, Bentley. <laughs> we already won. I was thinking about calling this episode Beat Indie. You know, something kind of classic. You know, like a Go Army, Beat Navy kind of deal. Because um, I, I feel like the the burden of tanking has been lifted. We've clinched the number one draft pick in the 2021 NFL draft with the Jets' glorious win and the Jaguars' disgraceful loss to the Chicago Bears. All of our fantasies about uh, Trubisky facing off with Glennon and Foles coming in and facing off with Minshew and blah, 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 blah resulted in an absolutely underwhelming 41-17 Bears victory over the Jaguars this last Sunday. And Jaguars fans were getting trashed on national media for, for celebrating Bears touchdowns. Yes, they were. And you could hear it even in like the TV broadcast, which made it like 10 times funnier. <laughs> so funny. It's exciting, though. I mean, I don't know why big NFL you know, media names are dragging the Jaguars. And even, you know, we saw Greg Gumbel kind of dragging the Jaguars. Why can't we be excited, man? We've suffered for far too long. Be happy for us, damn it. I'm sure like everyone listening to this podcast right now, we follow this team through thick and thin. And unless there are, you know, emergency circumstances, you're going to plan to watch every single Jaguars football game, no matter the situation, no matter the season, no matter who's coaching, no matter who's at QB, and you're going to root for the team. And so finally, when the team gets this you know, whiff of shit, we're going to pick first in next year's draft for the first time, a first, first pick, and that might mean a franchise-transforming quarterback, why the hell would you not be excited? It, it, uh, it does seem a little unfair to pick on us. And you know what? It's going to be us picking on the rest of the league for the foreseeable future. You could only hope so. But yeah, I definitely agree with you. I don't know why they're dragging us. And yeah, it's our first first pick in franchise history, which is a big deal, especially in this specific draft with the guy like Trevor Lawrence coming out. So, I mean, let us be excited. And the funny thing is, like, I'm sure if you're at the game on Sunday, the Fan like the kind of fans that don't really follow the Jaguars or kind of do were the ones cheering when they were doing well, and the real Jaguars fans were the ones cheering when the Bears are doing well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was a moment. It was a moment. And regardless, like better or worse, it definitely uh, threw us back into the national spotlight. That's for sure. Another topic that I've seen thrown around is just questioning the whole philosophy behind the tank or tanking for a number one draft pick. And a lot of people point to the NBA as another professional sports league that does not have a sort of a pure reverse order of drafts. So in the NFL, you know, the worse we do, the better our pick is. NBA has the lottery, which hopes to randomize, even though it's weighted, 
it hopes to randomize those picks to where really, you know, like dropping a game or two at the end of the season makes very, very little difference as to, to where you'll draft next year. I don't really see a problem with tanking. I mean, they weren't really tanking. No one said we were losing on purpose. The coach didn't say so. He said we're trying to win every game. We won our first game of the year. We weren't tanking then. I don't know, man. There's so many ways to like defend tanking and then, you know, like you can play both sides of it. But I think the NFL has it right. The worst team should get the best player in the draft. And it's not like a guarantee, right? When you pick first in the NFL that you're going to get the best player in the draft either, is it? Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so it, it kind of helps to add to that parity, the, the equality that the NFL is mostly known by. We've seen teams, I'm guessing the Bengals, um, Dolphins for sure, these are going to be the types of teams whose whose futures have been uh, changed by the draft, and you can see it very tangibly, right? They flip, they go. Uh, even the even the Colts as uh, end of Andrew Luck. When remember when the Colts lost Peyton Manning, and they they went what like one in fifteen that next year, and then drafted Andrew Luck, and now they're vaulted back into the <laughs> top of the league. <laughs> You know, the system the system works in that sense. Exactly. And isn't that what the NFL is all about is parody anyways in the first place? Like that's why everyone loves the NFL so much because any any Sunday anything could happen, right? Any given Sunday, is that what they say? Some crap like that. So yeah, it helps with the parody and yeah, it helps some of the bad teams. Like you don't want to see the bad teams get good. You want them to be bad forever. That doesn't I that's not right, you know. I remember seeing even even before, dude. I it was I guess nineteen ninety seven. Oh, this is oh this is a blast from the past, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, if I recall correctly, my family was eating at the Rio Bravo restaurant in Jacksonville. In the I don't know what the f- this place. It's like Bay Meadows, Deer Meadows, some something like this. And a Jim Harbaugh quarterbacked Colts. I think only had one or zero victories on the season. They were towards the end of the season about to clinch their tank, but pulled off an upset of one of the league's top teams. I don't know if it's the Packers or someone. I need to go look this up. Um, And guess who they drafted right after that season? Peyton Manning. Yep. (laughs) Wow. That is nuts. Weird, right? It's like the, the cyclical, it's like history repeating itself. Oh man, and the Colts have just done it well. I mean, they've just they've tanked before drafting a franchise quarterback each time. That's crazy that you remember that. What the fuck? Yep. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. So they were zero and ten when they when they beat the Packers. Wow. And then they they managed to to throw in another couple of wins in the last three weeks of the season. So they finished three and thirteen, uh, and then drafted Peyton Manning the next year. Wow. I remember thinking, actually, it was funny because I didn't, I didn't know Harbaugh at the time, and this was my introduction to him, and I like really liked the guy. Like I was, I don't know, I was like a kid watching this, but I'm like, man, this guy's like fighting so hard to lead his like loser <laughs> team to beat one of the best in the league. <laughs> so some kid out there right now is feeling the same way about Mike Glennon. <laughs> oh God. Oh, God. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... 
Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. So back to the draft order. You know, my, my take is, man, it's like, if, if they want to take away the current system of draft picks, you know what? I, I support that. I support it. If you're afraid teams are intentionally taking, and we'll, we'll see. Jaguars are going to be the test of it this week. Jaguars have all all chances in the world. Well, they've put too many players on IR, I guess. And we got the news today that James Robinson won't even be playing, which really sucks and means that he won't be able to what he probably otherwise would have easily uh, secured the record for an undrafted rookie in rushing yards this Sunday. He's still 35 yards short, I think. Mm, That kind of sucks. Yeah, but otherwise, man, you think these Jaguars are going to go out and give one last hurrah, kind of prove their worth, win one for for Doug Marone. It'd be hilarious. We'd have a bookended season, you know, like we we won the first game to show what we got, show our potential. We realized we had to tank after that. We lost 14 straight, and then we won the next one, and both were against the Indianapolis Colts. We knocked the Colts out of the playoffs. Uh, the, the winning percentage of, of our defeated teams is like positive <laughs> we, we beat like a what an, uh a, was it a 10 and 6 or 11 and 5 team twice right <laughs> the story just be hilarious it would it would really look like we were tanking it is like we straight up turned the tank on you know we ran the tank until we clenched the trevor lawrence pick then we turned the tank off and went on one but um you know what i say hey if, you, if 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 that looks like an obvious tank if people are gonna be out there trashing the jaguars and saying we can't do this system anymore we need to get rid of it, and we need to do some NBA-style lottery. I say so be it. So be it, because we won't need the tank for another 15 years. So, <laughs> you know? Yeah, damn right. We, will, we won't need it. I mean, but I just think in the NFL, it's so much harder to tank anyways. As far as the Colts go, I mean, we beat them last year in Week 17. Maybe we can do it again. And it would be amazing. to ba- It would ba- bounce them out of the playoffs, correct? It, uh, I think so. Um, so yeah, I don't know. So you know, we mentioned so Mike Glennon is, has also been declared to start this game, and it's at this point it's like a moot point, man. It's like they were even asking Doug Marone, like, so why <laughs> Glennon this week, you know? <laughs> and I think he he just like he just he's no bullshit now, you know. He's like it's not even best chance to win or anything. It's like well, what what are you gonna change? <laughs> you know, what's at stake right now if we changed if we started Luton or Minshew or or you know Miles Jack or or chanel or someone at quarterback what's it what's it gonna change honestly no one cares i don't i don't even think the coach cares the fans sure as hell don't give a shit who starts right do you care i i would say i would say fans uh, you know speaking on i can only speak for myself but i would like to see Minshew go out there and win the game and i don't know if, if he would uh, or if he could or what the reason for Minshew's own personal tank has been this year 
Um, I don't, I don't know. I can't tell you. But as a fan, as someone who loves Minshew, I think it would be nice if he went out and uh, and won one, right? And it would kind of, it would fit into that whole thing. Hey, we weren't as bad as you thought we were, you know? Like when it mattered, we won. I definitely, I get it. I know you like Minshew, and I do too. But it's just I just don't care anymore because like all. I can think about, and all I'm sure other Jaguars fans can think about is next year with Trevor Lawrence. They don't care what happens on Sunday. They don't care if Minshew throws for eight touchdowns, zero picks, or if Glennon does, or if Luton does. I'm sure Jaguars fans want to win this game, though. It's a division rival. It's a team we already beat, and it would be hilarious to knock them out of the playoffs. And losing doesn't hurt, or winning won't hurt us in this specific scenario. In some regards, I think tanking begins when a when a team realizes it's not going to make the playoffs that year. In a way, like every team in the league, to some extent, I think deals with similar questions to what we dealt with about tanking. Because once you know you're not going to make the playoffs, then the next best scenario is for you to have a higher draft pick. So the same can be said for any team, even if it's not for like number one or number two in the draft. Any team had nothing to win in the nothing to gain in the playoffs. Uh, at that point. What, what are they playing for, you know? So they, they the Jaguars have seen a lot of this the last decade. You know how it is. By week 8 or 9, or definitely week 10, definitely week 11, we're starting more people that weren't starting before. We're pulling players off the practice squad. We're playing around with the roster. We're making some changes in coaching staff. You know, we're, we're looking at the future, not that season anymore. So <sighs> along with that, and being devoted Jaguars fans goes your feeling that the game matters, but it's not always enough to take away the desire to win. This season, it we definitely lost our desire to win because to win meant to lose the first pick in the draft to the extent that, you know, and, and to Greg Gumbel's dismay, we're... we're <laughs> <laughs> we're giving a standing ovation to the Bears <laughs> every yep. time they scored. So I, I'm kind of excited to watch a game and have a little bit of that feeling in my stomach that, shit, I hope we don't lose this one. Yeah, I I, I agree with that part of what you said. Definitely. It'll be more like, okay, like I really want to win this game like for our team just so we can go out on a win too. But I don't agree with like, you know, like the players not having the desire to win because I think they always have the desire to win. I just don't think they're good enough. I think they just suck so bad they just can't beat anyone. And that's it. Even if they played their hearts out and played the best game they could, I still think they'd lose. What if we had all our starters back for this game? That's a different story. But with whatever, whoever's on the field right now, like these are guys that are never going to play another game for the Jaguars again, right? A lot of them. The person that currently has uh, the 16 jersey is on the practice squad. <laughs> and so we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen with him if and when we draft another number 16. I'm sure that, that guy's going to have to give up his number very quickly. He's got to set a high price, though, man. Yeah, you can stay on the practice squad, buddy. Just give up that jersey number. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. No, no, literally. <laughs> Keep me around and I'll give you the number. <laughs> Let me ask you about James Robinson. This, I think I feel like if James Robinson was on the field, then we would be really talking victory here. And you know, when I thought about, oh, let's go out and let's beat Indy, and they announced that James Robinson would not be playing. You know, Doug Marone. I mean, it doesn't even look like Doug. Mar it's like, dude, are, were you tanking or not? I don't think anything's changed in Doug Marone's demeanor this week. He, he says the same. Bull 
shit that we were expecting during the tank of like, well, you know, we thought Robinson was going to play. And oh, I'll be honest, I, I hoped, I hoped he would be out there on the field. You know, this guy's 35 yards away from an NFL record and he's being sat, right? He's not going to be able to play. He's, he's injured, <laughs> you know, give him that. But um, man, how does it feel to, to not see James Robinson go out there for one last game? It sucks, doesn't it? Not having him out there for one last time. But hey, um, who played running back on Sunday? Yeah, Dari uh, Gumbawale, 14 carries for 71 yards. It's a 5.1 yard average. He, he ran the ball pretty good. But I'm going to miss James Robinson, man. He was like, he was the only bright spot of the season. And, you know, a good talking point for people like us. Um, something to be excited for. And he came out of nowhere. He was undrafted. He was that true underdog story. The guy with the chip on his shoulder. Not Minshew. It was James Robinson this whole time, guys. It's going to suck not to see him. But... Like, we get to see him next year, man. And year two is, like, the year, especially for running backs. A lot of running backs have good rookie years. And in their second year, they just fall off. Like, literally fall off. See Leonard Fournette or others. So, I'm going to miss him. But I look forward to see what he does next year because it's going to be it's gonna be huge. Because, first of all, he won't be battling loaded boxes. And second of all, it's the second year. And we need to see production for more than one year. We saw a great rookie year from Leonard Fournette, right? So we need the follow-up year. So that second year will be his kind of proving ground. And I think this is maybe something we can look forward to is this guy's going to be an undrafted player his whole life, right? He's Yep. Uh, you know, that's that's a that's a asterisk on his profile the whole whole career and so anything he accomplishes as a pro player will will also have that acclaim to it. This guy did this and he was an undrafted free agent mm-hmm. when he entered the NFL. Um, our receiving core is around. So we got DJ Chark, uh, LaVisca, uh, Conley, Cole. Everybody caught balls last Sunday. In fact, LaVisca had a gorgeous catch, a uh, 34-yard touchdown. Finally, finally, the Jaguars looked to him deep. So I don't know. Maybe there's some hope there on Sunday against the Colts? Yeah, I would hope so. Um, so LaVisca caught a touchdown pass in the second half. Wait, wait. You're kidding. You didn't see it? I didn't want to say it out loud, but I turned off the game uh, mid third quarter this is like a first for you first ever i never thought i'd ever do it yikes i take back everything i said about jaguars fans deserving <laughs> the tank. i know I, but it wasn't because i was like oh i'm bored of watching the jaguars i was just sick to my stomach and i wasn't sick from drinking the night before <laughs> or i don't have covid i was sick of watching those losers play football it was just i was like dude like oh my god they're so bad i just couldn't watch it I couldn't watch it. So that's all it came down to. Yeah, well, uh, you know, if if your schedule allows, if you want to go back and watch that highlight of LaVisca, uh, basically, man, looking like he did with Colorado. Um, you know, double coverage. They hit him uh, in the end zone for the catch. He had a nice little adjustment, late catch, to kind of catch it over his shoulder. Uh, it's it's worth your time. It's worth your time. I feel like such a <laughs> Jaguars fan. Oh, God. And even a your podcast host for not even looking. I just figured we're not going to talk about the Jaguars' actual games anymore, man. <laughs> Judgment-free zone. It's all right, man. It's all right. We can we can change topics. We can talk about whatever you want. We can, you know, to be honest, like the NBA, right? It's fun these days. It is fun. Not if you're a Warriors fan, but um, what else? Denver, Colorado's got the the first confirmed case of the other strain, the new strain of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Um, that shit's interesting. You know, we we blame the UK and shit for having. Well, guess what? The UK actually monitored to find this strain. The US may have had it a long time ago, but we have such a 
poor analysis of our genome for the virus that we just never, we wouldn't have found it anyway. So who knows? Who knows? What another news? What else? So Dr. Fauci, I think. Everyone should be watching the game on Friday, Ohio State against Clemson. And we'll get a look at Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. And it's a good thing that we get a good look at both of them too. I mean, we're going to draft Trevor Lawrence no matter what, but this will give us a better idea of like how close that gap is or how far apart it is. So it's important to watch that. You know, since people are saying Justin Fields is the second best quarterback in the draft, which is changing in a lot of like mock drafts eyes. So definitely everyone should watch that game. I'm excited to see Trevor Lawrence play in it. I'm going to bet on Ohio State. I want Ohio State to win because I like Ohio State more. And I like Justin Fields more than Trevor Lawrence. But it's all good for all of us if Clemson doesn't have to go play Alabama in the national championship game. Keep our boy Trevor safe, you know? So we, we talked about, like, is there this crazy scenario? Crazy, crazy scenario, right? Where, like, Fields goes out, throws five touchdowns, no picks, um, runs all. Trevor Lawrence um, lays an egg, <laughs> you know, four picks, um, half of them pick sixes. Would that change the draft order? Like, would that change, uh, you know, Trevor La- the, the image of Trevor Lawrence in everyone's eyes? And, and no, no, it's not going to change anything at this point. The other thing, though, that that is interesting, I've, I've heard you know some comments about is Trevor Lawrence formally declaring for the draft, and in my opinion, I think Trevor Lawrence is a little bit relieved to be drafted by the Jaguars and not the Jets. That's my that's my two cents because I think that he would straight up feel more at home in Jacksonville. It's you know this guy's what is he like twenty one or something? It's like it's like closer to his friends. It's like road trippable. Or I don't know where he's coming from. He's coming from Clemson or from <laughs> 95 down. I don't know what highway he'll use to get to Jacksonville. But I get what you're saying. Though. Yeah, it's it's definitely close. It should be a, a comfortable place for him. It's not like a harsh media. I don't think it's like very harsh media compared to what I heard happens in New York. I kind of have a smaller city feel for him, closer to home. I think he'll be a lot more comfortable. And I'm sure secretly he is a little happy inside. That'll be Jacksonville instead of New York. Yeah, and and Jacksonville definitely has a lot better image in terms of future prospects than the Jets right now. Jacksonville's reputation is suffering after the NFLPA, uh, like, you know, emergency memo to, to players not to sign with the Jags because they'll be abused and not guaranteed basic rights as a player. But with Tom Coughlin gone, with Dave Caldwell, who was a holdout from that generation, gone. It's a new day. It's a new era. There will be new leadership, and there will be a new person at quarterback, and that person will have the chance to be an immediate star, a beloved star in Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot to be excited about for sure. Next next week we get to, you know, go look back at our preseason predictions and see where we went right, where we went wrong. That's going to be fun. So this is our homework. Aset and I will go back and listen to the episode Take It or Leave It. We challenge you to do the same. Uh, In that episode, we went through several predictions for the season, and we offered fake wagers on them. I mean, they're fake unless I won. If if I won, then they weren't fake, and uh, I said owes me money. I don't know. I'm indebted, dude. You already you already brought this uh, amazing uh, Chenault jersey, so you know you owe me nothing. You owe me nothing. Perfect. Oh, we haven't even seen each other since then either. (sighs) I know it's been a tough winter. It's been a tough winter. Tough winter. For sure. Uh, we can watch some NBA together in the spring. 
That f- sounds good to me. I mean, we can watch the Mavericks in the playoffs. Oh God, don't get me started on the NBA playoffs and stuff. Yeah, so go back and uh, go back and take a look at this uh, take it or leave it episode and see what we got right, what we got wrong. I can tell you one that we uh, we we kind of got it right, but maybe more in the sense of tanking than COVID is the fact that most of the starting lineup would have been totally transformed throughout by the end of the season. And I think Joe Schobert, they're saying this on Jaguars radio earlier today. Joe Schobert is the only Jaguars defender to start every game. Yeah, that's that's so crazy to hear. So, I mean, if I remember correctly, I think I'm right about that one because I said that, you know, most of them wouldn't be starting. Actually, I don't even remember what I said. So we'll find out next week, actually. Yep. Sounds good. And until then, thanks for listening to The Drunken Jaguar. Make sure to find us on Twitter at Drunken Jaguar. I'm Bentley Brown at Weld Brown. And I am a said at that young a said, and we can finally cheer for the Jaguars one last week. Go Jags, beat Indy. Go Jags. <laughs> Yo, dog. <laughs> Such a 90s nickname. What's up? What's the other one? <laughs> Captain Comeback. <laughs> I like that one too. <laughs> it's like the shit I used to trash talk my brother when we played PlayStation Captain or something. Comeback. <laughs>